1: your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Let's go along with your host, James Rapine, back together at last. It's been too long, James. Hope you've had a decent couple of days. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. James, I recently sent us another sampler of that coconut almond brownie and I have never tasted a protein. Like, we've talked up Built Bars a lot. This isn't even sponsored, by the way. It's just, it's so good. I crave them. This morning, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a Built Bar. That'll be my morning snack. And I was like, oh, I better wait. I better wait. I shouldn't have it first thing. I'll wait a couple hours. It tastes like a candy bar. Legitimately tastes like a candy bar. And I know we've said that about the other ones. None quite so much as a coconut almond brownie.
0: And look at your bicep. They're getting bigger by the second, man. That protein pack punch you got from the built Bar this morning, it worked out. Your shirt's a, a little tighter. Looking good today, Jake. Yeah, it's it's good to see you. I definitely noticed a little more definition since you went on the uh, – Coconut almond brownie built bar plan.
2: Thank you for noticing. Thank you for noticing. Very kind of you to point that out to our listeners. Today, we're going to talk about your offseason plan, James, the one that you went through on yesterday's episode. And the Bengals have a ring of honor that social media leaked and they took down the very next day. Fox IT's Jeremy Row did go down to the stadium. He put his camera up to the bars. He he confirmed there are names going around the ring of Paul Brown Stadium. Looks like they maybe are testing fonts. This isn't confirmed by any means, but it's not exactly a rumor. They had names up. They were in three different fonts. And so it seems like they're preparing to unveil a ring of honor. And hey, it's the 40th anniversary this year of the Bengals' first Super Bowl appearance. At least that's what some players told Jeremy Rowan. So that's where the thinking comes from is maybe that's a timing that makes sense for this announcement.
0: The, the timing makes sense because it's, it's just long overdue, right? And if you can sell it that way and frame it that way, good for the Bengals. But the moment Ken Riley passed last year, I think the that was a trigger and, and, everybody from you, me, everybody went off and, and you know, local media and, and it's just, it's so damn frustrating, um, to, to see what, you know, these guys that are now passing away and they haven't been honored the way they should. And so I think the Bengals organization realized that and it opened their mind a bit. And then you, you see the tweet. And I don't think there's a coincidence here when Ken Riley wasn't mentioned and, the in memoriam, uh, segment uh, on NFL network when they were announcing the, the hall of fame inductees. And you, you, first, it was Jay Morrison who tweeted out the next day, the Bengals tweeted out and say how disgusted they are. I think they realized that they need to honor their own. And it wasn't that they didn't respect them or, you know, former players or anything like that. And they weren't grateful for the, the blood, sweat and tears, but I think they realized they need to show it publicly and how much it matters to not only the players, but the fan base. And so this is, this is great news great, great news. And you hope that uh, the inaugural class, I, I would guess it would be four to five players, and then it can grow from there, which uh, which is long overdue. And I'm just excited that that fans and the, the players that they get to celebrate it.
2: It's a good thing to be able to celebrate your history. It is long overdue. I agree with all that that you said, James, but let me get your take on this. Because to me, this is like moving a heavy stone in, in the metaphorical conversation of, Oh, you moved mountains to get that done. This isn't a mountain that was moved to get Mike Round to, to change his opinion on this or approve this. This is something that I think he's philosophically kind of opposed for a long time because of values he inherited from his father. Mm-hmm. To me, this is a, a smaller move. This is a marketing move. This is an easy win. There's no major cost associated with it. The way there would be for expanding the front office and adding scouts or adding analytics staff, or building a practice bubble. Where do you see it on that scale? Do you see it the way I see it? Or do you think this is a more significant deal than maybe I think it is?
0: No, no, I I don't think it. Look, celebrating your history is great but I don't think it's going to be the reason why Joe Tooney comes here, right. Or, or why Trent Williams is here or why Joe Burrow believes in the team long term or organization long term, right? Like I don't, I don't necessarily think it affects winning. And that's been Mike Brown's kind of point as, Hey, we we got to win football games. And, you know, if it doesn't impact that, you know, we can practice in the snow. It doesn't matter. That's not going to help or hurt us And games are played in the snow anyways. Right. Like, so that's all of those things, you know, lumped together, Uh, But no, I I do think that this is it's a big deal for fans and it's a big deal for former players. I don't think it's going to impact things much. And even that from a a fan standpoint, it's very fleeting, right? If they if they do announce a ring of honor this year, not that they're not going to fans aren't going to get excited five years from now. uh, You know, if A.J. Green gets inducted, let's say he retired or 10 years from now when A.J. Green gets inducted, of course, you're going to get excited but it won't be the big deal that it is now. And that excitement will fade some, especially if the team isn't winning.
2: I think you make a really good point that in the future, there are events. There will be games where they induct new players into this ring of honor. They put new names up in the stadium and that'll be really cool. That'll be something unique and worth going down to Paul Brown stadium for. So I I do think that's pretty cool. As far as long-term effects on player morale, I think you saw a a renewed emphasis on the team's history when when Zach Taylor came to town. It wouldn't surprise me if Zach Taylor starting to recognize some of their greats around the locker room helped to build some momentum behind this in the building to some degree. So maybe regardless of what you think of Zach Taylor's on-field results, and, and I'm speculating here, maybe some of the credit will go to Zach Taylor for getting this ball moving or pushing it down the hill a little bit. But let's shift gears, talk about your mock offseason, James. I see a lot of similarities to what mm-hmm. you did to what I did. And, and I think we are on the same page for the, the broad strokes of the offseason plan. You get Carl Lawson back, you get William Jackson back, which I also did. I approve of that. Yeah, I don't think you create needs where you have good players because those two guys walk. They need to be replaced anyway. they're quality starters on your defense. if you can get them back, it looks like they got what about 12 million dollars each, something like that, they're coming back. Did you get them both on you know similar length extensions or were that was that different
0: Yeah the, um, they were both 13.5 million dollar per year deals. Um, Carl was, I believe Carl was a four year deal and William Jackson, the third was a three year deal. Cause uh, Jackson's pretty old. He's 28 already. Right. So uh, getting him for, for the next three years, I think is, you, you know, you'd rather do that than go four with him.
2: I think that's perfect. And you bring back the same defensive lineman I do. And Mike Daniels and Marcus Hunt, I think no I brainers. brought
0: those two guys back. Yeah. It, no brainers at that money. Right. I mean, I, I just think they're bargains.
2: And then you have the wrinkle of cutting Geno Atkins and then bringing him back. Mm -hmm. And if he's willing to do it, absolutely. Right. And so this is where the value of these sort of simulators kind of comes up. And you have to talk about how realistic some of these things are. So to me, when we talk about bringing Geno Atkins back, yeah, you absolutely bring Geno Atkins back if you can get him at less money. Now, is it the same amount of money that you're getting Mike Daniels for? I don't know. And if it's more than that, can you make it work? I don't know, especially when you look at the guys you brought in from the outside. You get both Trent Williams and Joe Tooney, which is great. And I I would have no issues with this. I don't think the Bengals will do it. I don't think Trent Williams will do it in real life. I think the amount of money you'd have to throw at Trent Williams to get him to come here probably exceeds what you threw at him to get him to come here in the simulator. I think that that gets closer to $20 million a year. Mm -hmm. But if, if they do manage to get it done... What what you see here is they're spending big money on the offensive line and free agency. And that's the takeaway. Maybe the players are different. Maybe it's not quite as good as Trent Williams. Maybe it's a little bit less money for Darrell Williams instead. But bringing in a tackle and a guard and getting Bobby Hart back as a swing tackle really adds a lot of depth. You also have Riley Reif on the list. I think he's back in Minnesota at this point. But the point here is, again, you build quality depth on the offensive line. Really like those moves. I'd like the low dollar risk on Alden Smith just to get an additional juicy player and that edge rush rotation. I don't know if it's Alden Smith or if it's somebody else. We have a whole list of free agents we could talk about, but I like all the free agent moves. I just would have liked to have seen a wide receiver in here, even though you do draft Jamar Chase and, and you have Auden Tate for depth. I'm looking for a return guy potentially another playmaker to, to step in at wide receiver three. And you did get a kicker. I didn't have Greg Zerline as an option. You mm-hmm. go out and get Greg Zerline. I don't think that's the answer. Quite frankly, I think he's a long way from his, from his former glory. But the, the point here is that they do need to address the kicker position. You, you also go out and get Walker little Walker little in the draft. And with the amount of offensive line experience that you bring in, that means Walker little has time to develop in Cincinnati. That is the way that that pick starts to make sense. Although I am not sure that I'm quite there at the top of the second round. So overall for me, I think that I'm giving this an A minus on the strength of the offensive line and their retentions on defense. And I, I would hope that this will be enough with Joe Burrow coming back next year. Similarly to, it's just so similar to what I did in so many ways that I, I think that it does help them get competitive in 2021.
0: We were really similar. The biggest difference between the two: you went and got Curtis Samuel, I got Joe Tooney, right? And and so that's the difference. I probably paid more for Joe Tooney than the Bengals would be willing. I think I got up to fifteen million in that fifteen million range, and I was probably underpaying for Trent Williams at sixteen. So I I agree there. Um, And I did go after for what it's worth, Josh Reynolds. He he shot me down. I think there might have been another receiver or two that shot me down. But the Bengals could still fill out the wide receiver room with, like, a Mike Thomas. I think they might try to bring him back on a one-year deal. Alex Erickson, we know how much they love him. Um, so I could see that anyways. But overall, I think that if they spend – they need to be willing to spend, put it like this, twenty-five million to $32 million on two offensive linemen in, in free agency. You know, you could say Daryl Williams and Joe Tooney. You, you could go Darryl Williams and – uh, Brandon Scherf, or you could go Scherf and and Trent Williams, or you could go Taylor Moten and in, in in Scherf or Tooney Whatever the the two is, that would be, that would be what I would look at, and that number they should have in their head going into free agency. We're just on the
2: same page, I think, in a lot of ways about the priorities. Maybe it's because we talk to each other every day, but uh, I think it's it's ironic. It's it's interesting. You know, a lot of similarities and and some similar grades. I think for me it was. Um, I just I just didn't feel like they were going to spend that much on two guys in free agency uh, at the offensive line position. And I think, you know, you, you solidify one of the positions, you try to address the rest in the draft. Maybe you go to the to the third wave of free agency and you get a Matt Filer type of guy too to, to mm-hmm. bolster things. And we just didn't get that much depth in it. But regardless, a couple of interesting ideas to think about. And if you're questioning the value of this, which somebody did, somebody sent us a tweet today and said, this is ridiculous. This is video game stuff. The value is talking about the the amount of money and the positions that you need to target while managing the cap. And, and that's the exercise. You, you know, Maybe the player names aren't what they are. Maybe the money isn't what it is, but you get a feel for it, right? You can ballpark it. And that's where the value is here in putting together some sort of path or some sort of option for the Bengals if they choose to get aggressive in free agency. Coming up next, it is the Weekend Mailbag. We've got two segments of mailbag questions and answers coming your way.
0: Jake talked about it at the top of the show, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Belt Bar. It's new. It's here. It's made with 100% real chocolate, and it's awesome. You have to check this one out. I know it. You hear me talk about mint brownie all the time. Of course, that one's awesome. The salted caramel, awesome as well, but this Coconut Brownie Chunk, It is amazing. 15 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar. You want less sugar? Well, then go with the raspberry. 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, 19 delicious flavors, perfect for you at BuiltBar.com. And the best part, they're protein-packed, low in sugar, covered in 100% chocolate, and they're here for you. Check them out right now, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BiltBar.com.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: It's that time of the week, Jake. It's time for the weekend mailbag, our favorite time of the week, and that includes this week when I got to be GM. So uh, we we obviously love hearing from you guys. Make sure you follow on Twitter at Locked on Bengals. Get your questions in each and every week so we can answer them. Let's start with the Bangalorean, one of our most uh, loyal listeners out there. Shout out to the Bangalorean Jake. He asks, when is the Bengals title window realistically? We all joke about going to the big game next year, but I want to know what you guys think.
2: I think 2021 is actually going to be a really weird NFL season and not to toot my own horn or anything, but over on locked on NFL, me and Ryan Tracy are going through and we're looking at the off season outlook, off season outlook for, for every team in the NFL. And we've done the AFC, NFC North. We've done the AFC, NFC South so far. And of all the teams we've talked about three, maybe four, the Browns and the Bengals, the Jaguar's and the Colts actually have a substantial amount of cap money or or can get to a substantial amount of cap money and have a decent amount of players under contract for 2021. And the reason that I say all of that is one to get you to go listen to me on Thursdays on Locked on NFL, but two to point out that the cap situation may open this window a little bit sooner than than we thought. And I'm not saying that I think it's a championship window necessarily, but I do think that the Bengals can play their cards right this offseason and get back to the playoffs next year if Joe Burrow gets back and is healthy. And that means that you've hit on your free agent acquisitions. You you sign Joe Tooney, for example, and he steps in and is a top 10 guard in the NFL. And, And you get that quality that you've paid for that means that Trey Waynes comes in and on his 16 million dollar cap hit he is a good starting corner it means that the guy starting across from him whoever that is is a good starting corner it means that you've addressed right tackle it means that you're getting decent play out of Billy Price and whoever plays the other guard position means that Jonah Williams is healthy and Frank Pollock is running a well-oiled machine on the offensive line it means they've acquired depth Because we saw what happened when the top end players on this team got injured in 2020. We saw what happened with the Chiefs when they started losing guys on their playoff run. So all of those things happen. There's definitely a way where an aggressive offseason that hits its targets gets the Bengals back to the playoffs next year. But the championship window, that's a little bit tougher. That means Joe Burrow needs to come along. And so could that happen this year? I think it could but I don't think it's likely. I think that when you have guys coming off of the ACL, like he is, there is a little bit of time. And so I think it'll take a little bit of time. I think that realistically it's probably in two years. If they have two good off seasons here, they start hitting on a couple of drafts here and Joe Burrow develops the way we think he will.
0: 2022. That's it. That's what it has to be. I was hoping it was going to be 2021. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. So it needs to be 2022. And, it can happen in a variety of ways. You know, you could see the way you just said, where it's playoffs and they're ascending and the coaching staff stays intact and that they continue to add talent. The other way would be maybe they get off to a slow start. You know, they finish seven and nine or something like that, but have another good offseason in 2022 before the season and build on that. And you're right, Joe Burrow has to take, that leap and, and then they have insert whatever coach and, and it puts them on the fast track and, and goes that route. So I, th- I think that they can put themselves in position even if the, and I'm not saying it's likely, but even if Zach isn't back in 2022. So th- that needs to be one of two things. Again, either they make the playoffs or they don't, they have significant change. Joe Burrow takes the leap anyway and all the talent comes together and things hit. Right. Because if if you're getting elite quarterback play and then the roster hits, then you can go from seven and nine to Super Bowl contender. And and so I I think that that's that's the year it it really needs to happen. And that's why when they're going out and spending money in free agency this offseason, they need to understand that 2022 is the the place to uh, the place to target when you're talking about championship windows. This conversation
2: might actually sound a little bit different if Joe Burrow hadn't been hurt. Right. Because then maybe you see those five wins down the stretch this year. And I think Jay or Paul at The Athletic wrote about this this week. The narrative is a lot different. If Joe Burrow doesn't get hurt, it's a lot easier to buy in to this idea that there's going to be a quick turnaround. But instead, you're having to put a little bit of faith in the quarterback coming off an ACL injury and you're counting on things that you're projecting at that point. Next question comes from Commissioner Yaz. Welcome back to the Mailbag, Yaz. Good to have you here. If you could add any current player in the NFL to the Bengals
0: roster, James, who would it be? This is going to be a hot take, Jake, but I don't give a damn. Patrick Rutherford Mahomes. And I don't think that's his middle name, but my man is, uh, is a baller. And I know he lost in the Super Bowl, but I don't know how you pick against a, a guy like that who's, in his mid twenties thrown from his, his backside in the super bowl with, you know, I get it. He, he was, he was really fighting it and, uh, and all that, but I, I think he's the best player in the league. And that's, uh, that's the guy I would take based on age, based on upside and all of those things. And I get it. It doesn't go with Joe Burrow, but I'm also not going to take a, a left tackle because it's their biggest need when, when you could have Patrick Mahomes.
2: So the way I'm answering this question is, uh, you, you're, you're stuck with the contracts you have. So yeah, you can go get Patrick Mahomes. You can probably trade Joe Burrow, but I'm not going to entertain trades because that just makes it too easy. You just pick the best quarterback as a quarterback-driven league. And so I am going to take a tackle, and I'm going to take a tackle on a rookie deal. The guy that had a very good argument for rookie of the year was their best player in the Super Bowl, Tristan Wirfs. How about that for your right tackle of the future? You get him on a rookie deal for the next four years, and you don't worry about offensive
0: tackle. All right. I won't cop out with Patrick Mahomes. If I have to go with a, a player that fits the Bengals, I'll say Aaron Donald. There we go. Let's roll. Sure. I mean, I, I just
2: choose to, to try to protect Joe Burrow. And, and I totally understand the, the Aaron Donald answer. You just pick the best player in the NFL. It's Aaron Donald. <laughs> there you go. Easy. Coming up next, a lot more mailbag questions that we will answer getting you into your weekend. For the first time in a very long time, there's no 2020 football to look forward to, but bet Online is still there for you. They're the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. They've got the NBA, college basketball, and NHL action for you as those sports are in full swing. And if you're the type of person that's a football-only person, well, maybe you want to bet on awards, TV shows, or reality TV. They've got you covered there, too. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. You can go over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: James, let's wrap up the mailbag. We've got some topical questions here. We had a lot of really great questions. And if you asked about free agency, Don't lose any sleep over it if we didn't answer your question. We will be covering a whole lot of free agency content in the coming weeks as we're preparing our own value lists, our own tiers of Bengals targets for free agency. We'll go position by position for you coming up in a couple weeks here. So we're not going to talk about those today, but we will talk about the Ring of Honor because this is very timely. And this question comes from Burt Sivan. At Burt Sivan, I think this is the first mailbag question from Burt. So welcome to the mailbag. Jake and James, you can only
0: pick five players to start a Bengals Ring of Honor. Who are you choosing and why? Obviously, you start with Anthony Munoz. He's the franchise. Ken Riley, right there, has to be in it. Ken Anderson, number three, has to be in it. And then that's when it gets – and there are certainly a bunch that are deserving to be in the inaugural class. But for me, I would probably go Paul Brown, right? Paul Brown Stadium, obviously, but the founder, he should have a statue anyway. So he's, I think he's just got to be in it. And then number five, it's tough. I probably lean Boomer Esiason – NFL MVP gets you to the Super Bowl, but there are a lot there are a lot of guys from that first Super Bowl run um, That you can add and that's the beauty of this Once you start it you can add three or four every year and and get caught up because you're well behind but those those are probably my five
2: Yeah, I think you you definitely start with some of those all-timers the the Munoz the Ken Anderson the Paul Brown uh, Ken Riley, that's probably your first four. And I don't think there's really any argument there. And then I think it gets interesting because maybe you go Sam Weish or or mm-hmm. maybe you go with Tim Crumry or their only retired number, their first ever draft pick, Bob Johnson. So there there are some other ways they could go. And I think that that's where it gets really interesting. But to your point, James, they have a lot of guys that are deserving to be in this ring. So whoever's in that inaugural class We're going to see a bunch of guys getting in there over time. Boomer certainly will be one of them. I think, you know, Isaac Curtis, Chad Johnson, and then Corey Dillon. Does Corey Dillon make it? That's an interesting one. Uh, Willie Anderson, for sure. Eventually, Andrew Whitworth and some of the more recent players. But for me, I start old school. I go back into the history books for the inaugural class, and then I get more recent as I catch up. That would be my approach.
0: I'll answer Corey Dillon. Hell yes, he makes it. Best running back in Bengals history. Next question, David Stewart. With new uniforms, a possible ring of honor in 2021, free agency moves last year, some good coaching hires. Can we at least agree that the Bengals are making change? It
2: seems like from a a PR perspective, from a marketing perspective, absolutely. It seems like I'm not ready to commit to the fact that they're showing that they've changed in terms of spending habits and free agency, because the last time they brought in a new quarterback and the time before that, when they brought in a new quarterback, they did kind of have a little free agency splurge. So we'll see what happens in the next few seasons there. I think that what we're seeing is actually that they have fewer of their own players that are worth the money and they want to spend it somewhere because they've never not spent. They've just always prioritized their own guys. And You know, there are some guys in free agency that if they were ever creative or more creative with the cap that they could have gone out and targeted, but they never really made that go for it push the way that we've seen some other teams do. So I'm not ready to cement that that is changing, but certainly I think the the coaching staff is is changing a little bit. They're leaning into uh, experience a little bit more this offseason, and we've seen a fantastic change in the way the team markets itself does PR with Elizabeth Blackburn getting into the building there. So some things I'll commit. Yes, they're changing. Some things I'm not ready to say yet. Uh, like I, I would like to see them modernize the front office still. There, there's a lot of things that are still on the wish list. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier in the show.
0: So some things, yes, but not everything. You're spot on. And, and not, the not everything part is concerning because you the, the, that part, might affect football the most if they're not aggressive in free agency again this offseason then that could affect joe burrow's life if they only address their needs in the draft and take Sewell with the fifth pick and that's their big free agent acquisition or big offensive line acquisition that's not enough in my eyes i don't think it's enough in your eyes and so that's that's kind of where we're at so i think this offseason is pretty key in trying to turn that page and turn over a new leaf into this decade but there is a path if they start winning and open that championship window that uh, we could say that, you know, they started to change things after that dreadful 2019 season and realize that they need to pivot and and improve in a lot of areas.
2: Speaking of change, this is an idea that's been floating around a little bit with, Mm -hmm. with all the quarterbacks that are making noise in the NFL right now. Ben Grant asks an interesting question. He says, having both played the role of general manager, Would either of you consult Joe Burrow about his thoughts on the fifth pick? Maybe he's just saying the right things regarding Chase, or perhaps you go over Chase not being available. It's potentially a dangerous and slippery slope, but would you consider it? And and I'm going to amend this question by saying we talked about this, and we said we would tell Joe Burrow in his second year right now, when we were previously talking about it, you don't get to make choices about the direction of the franchise. My personal feelings have actually changed a little bit on this, James. But I'm curious to get your take.
0: Well, I think it's different when you're talking about Zach Taylor and the, you know the head coach and the leader of the football team and his future versus the fifth pick. One, I would grill Joe Burrow about Jamar Chase. Uh, you know, w- w- what's his favorite food? What's his fa- I, everything? I, literally everything. I would put him through the combine ringer about Chase because I need to know because he's one of those guys where you don't have as much tape and it's really just a one year type deal. And if you're taking him with the fifth pick, you need him to be explosive right now. You need him to be uh threatening for rookie of the year at the wide receiver position and hopefully posting a thousand yard type campaign like AJ Green and T. Higgins did as rookies or, or close to it at least. So when you 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 look at that, of course you you consult Joe Burrow. You don't let Joe Burrow make the pick. He's not evaluating Penet Soul for hours and hours and hours. He's not evaluating uh, these different guys. You, you know whether it's a uh, Jalen Waddle or or you know whoever Devontae Smith, any of these guys. But can his expertise help? Absolutely. And I think the key in the the tool that Joe Burrow really is is in free agency. Is hey Joe, w- let's. Your leadership and your presence is infectious. Guys like Mike Daniels have noticed this that come from winning cultures. Von Bell has noticed it. How about you get on the phone with insert whatever free agent and you just chat with them and let them know what we're about here in Cincinnati. Sam Hubbard did it last year. I think Joe Burrow has just more of a pool than a guy like Hubbard. So I think that's part of it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would certainly ask about chase. I, I don't think I would, I guarantee I wouldn't let Joe just make the pick, but I would get his intelligence almost and, and talk to him about it. I would want to find out where
2: he's at, right? I'm not letting him make the pick by any means, but I, I would want to talk to him and be like, Hey, you're the face of this franchise. We want you to be the guy that takes us to the greatest heights of this sport. Mm-hmm. And we want to know. You know what are what are your thoughts? Would you rather have, maybe not? Would you rather have? But but what are your thoughts? Tell me what you think about Jamar Chase. Tell me what you think. Let's put on some tape. Sit down with Duke Tobin. Let's put on some tape of Jalen Waddle. Let's break it down and talk about it together. Let's talk about what we see because Joe Burrow's a guy that, especially when it comes to wide receivers, I think he I think he has a real eye for it. You talk about the way that he studies body language to learn how to throw to these guys. That's going to be something important for him with whoever they draft or whoever they added wide receiver, So if it's wide receivers or if it's offensive linemen and, and he knows anything about them, I would just talk to him about it and, and maybe sit down and watch a little tape with him. If that's something he's interested in doing. Right. So that would be my approach. I think it's, it's a really interesting point. I, I don't remember who said it, but when you have the guy that's making the most money in your franchise and, and most organizations, that's the CEO. That's the guy making decisions in football teams and sports organizations it's not but in basketball you see guys like lebron making decisions and and he doesn't have the stripes on the wall that the skins on the wall that a guy like tom brady or lebron has but you want him to be that and so i would just talk to him about it a little bit i i wouldn't you know be leaning into him to to really make these decisions but i would want to find out where he's at on some of these guys that that's just that's my take
0: on it that's fair sounds like we should both be gms jake Speaking of that, last question of the mailbag. Assistant to GM James, love this, by the way. he You can be my assistant when I'm a GM one day. What ice cream flavors would make your personal ring of honor?
2: Well, at GM James Burner, I would uh, definitely put Ben and Jerry's Half Baked in there. Ben and Jerry's, give us a shout if you've got a sponsorship ready for us. And uh, Moose Tracks, generally as a flavor, I, I love Cookies and cream, also very good. So I think those three is where I'm starting, and there's definitely a theme there, right? All all of those involve a baked good or or peanut butter. That's that's my thing.
0: Mint chocolate chip from Graders is the best. I, you got those giant ass chunks of chocolate. Oh baby, I love it. Um, the, the raspberry chocolate chip from Graders as well. Oh my god, those two are just uh, amazing. And then I. Man, I, I'm trying to think of a third one, and, I, and it's pretty easy. It, it's chocolate chip cookie dough. I can't think of another route to go here or a close fourth for me. Those are my go-tos, really wherever, and I name Grater's because I, I think that they're probably the, uh, the best ice cream out there. So shout out to them, too, if they want to sponsor the show.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. Bob Grader. if you're out there, give us a call. We're ready to talk about your ice cream five days a week. And eat it, too. Yeah, it's good stuff. Of, of the things I miss in Cincinnati, Skyline and Graders, both very high on that list. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, Bengals fans. Sorry if we didn't get to your questions, but rest assured, they're probably questions that we're going to address one way or another this offseason as we make the long march to 2021's kickoff. Until next time, Bengals fans, day, and have a good one.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason,